Black Ass Podcast with Hadia Robinson. Bono, bono, but bono, bon, bon. Ha! Sicker than your average. Pop a twist, cabbage off instinct. Bono, bon, bon. Niggas don't think sit straight, sit gators. My Detroit. Dream for my hooligans in Brooklyn. Damn right. If they head right, biggie there and night. Papa's been smooth since days are under root. Ah! In the two, 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 so, ah, ah. Okay, what up, y'all? <laughs> what up, y'all? Welcome to Black Ass Podcast. It's Hadia Robinson. Thank y'all so much for hanging out, joining the conversations, coming into the room, hitting subscribe, getting the alert, getting on your um podcast app, and then coming into the room like, let me see what she talking. Let me go over here and see what she talking about today um if you haven't already man subscribe so and stop playing games you if you've been here twice and you ain't subscribed i don't know what do you what are you here for like what are you doing with yourself like why are you denying yourself such joy i don't understand okay um the intro was my uh tribute to biggie right uh my Detroit players. I love when he say that part. Um, 20 years since the death of Biggie, which is like, damn, 20 years. I didn't know this. He was only 24. That's crazy. 24, you have not, like, even though he was rapping and he was performing everywhere and going, 24, you ain't really lived your life yet. You know what I'm saying? 24, you ain't really had the, you understand, like, I feel like at 24, you're just coming into adulthood. By 30, you are now like settling into like you're getting your butt cheeks into the seat, into the seat of adulthood. But you still, you know what I mean? But 20, you're a baby. You are a baby. Truly, truly. Regardless of how much stuff you've been through, you still haven't necessarily experienced life or have seen life. It, you know, you might have gone through a lot more than some people go through, but still 24 you're still a child like your metabolism is still good at 24 at the end of the day for the most part you know what i'm saying like you still can run a mile you still could go out get drunk wake up the next day and get to work you know off of one hour of sleep and a hangover that's how that's the difference that i'm talking about like your body is completely different at 24 at 24 you can still go get completely trashed you understand what i'm saying Leave the club just in time to get to your house, change your clothes, wash your ass, maybe, depending on what kind of life you live. Go directly back out and make it to work on time and not die and not die at your desk. You understand what I'm saying? Like not have somebody come by your desk like I just wanted to breathe. I don't think she breathing. That's what I'm talking about. So. And it's been 20 years. That mean that man will be now 44, grown. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's sad. That's sad. Um, 97, man, I was just, I was just born. <laughs> I wish. Anyway, um, but, uh, you know, Biggie was something special. Now, I'm, I will, I'm going to say it. I know people don't like to hear it, but I'm not one of those greatest of all time. Like, I, that's a, mm. Like, when you get in conversations with people and they, like, greatest of all time, I'm one of those people that's like, it was one album, though. Like, I mean, you know, no shade. I, 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 
you know, I still listen to a big song. One more chance to still come on and I'll still get my life. You know what I mean? Hypnotize, come on, and I still get my life. Um, I still hear, hear some junior mafia and be like, I get money. What you say, huh? What? Yes, absolutely. But great. You know, you gotta think about this. This is what this is the way I look at it. And the reason why I don't like to have the of all time conversations that there are set like rap has evolved so much that just from the early rap to the eighties rap, you know, eighties, nineties rap to the two thousand rap, those are all different versions of rap. Now, what's happening now? I'm not having a conversation with you about it. There's nobody past 2004 that I would even have bring into the conversation of I just don't. Sorry. Everybody after 2004 trash. In my opinion, that's who I am. It is what it is. That's just the way I and I don't I don't want to necessarily say trash. I just think the what is considered rap has been change to something I don't want to have a conversation about right so if we're having conversation about the greatest of all time I got I'm gonna bring in Rakim because I remember my brother listening to Rakim and I remember like that shit used to go off right then you know you got Tupac Biggie and then you know Jay-Z so those are kind of for me different segments of where rap you know the story of rap the the timeline of rap now, am I going to bring Migos into that conversation? The fuck? No. No, I'm not. That's not even, no. I don't even know what that is. That shit is nursery rhymes. So that's not something I want to, I'm like my dad, right? My dad, he's one of them, you know, you want to talk about some good, strong R&B, he's going to bring up the platters, the stylistics, you know, some groups you ain't never heard of, but they went off for him, right? Now, I can't bring up Jodeci to my dad, and not get punched in the face. You gonna get punched? Jodeci? Talk about R&B? My dad would be like, you know what? Get the fuck. <laughs> no, I want you to leave the house right now. I, it, dad, it's three in the morning. I don't know where you gonna go. But you're not welcome in this house no more. Right? But that's just because he had a completely different experience with music. Completely separate than what I had which is completely different from what is considered R&B today. Because to, today, R&B is like some soft-ass rap, if you ask me. So, I'm not, you know, I can't distinguish what's R&B from rap today. Most of the shit is all some dude singing about killing a bitch, but he's singing like, sir, why are you singing about running some drugs why are you singing about it though like you could talk but why are you why is it a song so i can't have that conversation the only person i would even think to bring past to like from here is kendrick lamar right that's the only person i would take back and kind of line up with biggie and tupac and shit like that just because he's bringing actual lyricism that's I don't know. This other shit is. I don't know what that is. I don't know what you're saying, sir. I don't know what is happening. It's is it a nursery rhyme? Are you you know? Is this a some kind of satanic chant? I don't know what you're talking about. Now, will I be in a club, uh, trying to drop it as good as I can on this bad knee? But will I be? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna be trying to throw it in a circle every little bit I got. I'm gonna try to put it. It might be a half circle. It might be more of an oval, but I'm gonna try it. <laughs> um, but you know, it is. You gotta respect. You know, regardless, you gotta respect it. But I don't 
don't, you know, I truly, I don't even like to have the greatest of all time conversation. I don't like to necessarily, I think that they're, you know, you can put a lot of different people up and put a lot of different songs together, but I don't think it has to be of all time. It does. That's not needed. I feel like if you're even in the conversation of great rappers, I think that's good enough. I don't think there, there can be just one because people have done amazing things at different points in the rap timeline, you know, that can bring them into the conversation. But to say of all time, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. Um, I think at this point you could just say the the greats from the era of when rap was rap. I don't know what the fuck it is these days. Sorry, sorry. And I'm that's no shade and no diss to the people who trying it now. But I'm just it it just ain't for me. That's it. I'm one person. It is what it is. But that shit they doing now. No thanks. I'll pass. I'll be over here listening to some Garth Brooks. Like I will take Garth Brooks over most of the shit that they that's happening right now. A old yeah, I'll take a old uh Al Jero. <laughs> Let me get up on that Al Jero. I can't do it right now. It's too it's too different. It's too unaffective. It's too it's not you know, whatever. Anyway, uh continuing in the vein of rap, Nikki finally <laughs> has a response for Remy Ma. And uh, to sum it up, I think it's uh, trash. It's trash. It's... Here's the thing. Okay. Um, Remy dropped like seven whole minutes of destruction, right? Her sheet third, that she just went off. It was like she took every moment in the past <laughs> since she, in the past like seven years and just was like, I'm going to give y'all every moment that has been on my spirit like from the from the time I was in jail looking at what's going on me you know looking at the blogs when I had internet time I don't know how jail works I'm just saying I I, I can't imagine she had her own macbook in her room so you know she had to get some information or maybe you know people was bringing her printouts and sending her stuff while she was locked up but she like this has been bottled up and bubbling over the past seven to eight years. So I'm just going to put it all out there in seven whole ass minutes. And then Nikki waits like two weeks says, no, you can't, you can't do that. You can't call yourself like the, the baddest bitch in rap or whatever you want to call yourself and not have no get back. It was like, it was like she was like, okay, wait, ain't nobody in town. Okay, so Drake is like on tour right now. Oh, shit. Okay, Wayne, you know, he's still on that syrup. I can't get him to be like sober for five minutes to help me. You know, it was like she was going around auditioning people this whole time to help her come up with something. Like, sis, you, you were supposed to hit the... You were supposed to go in a booth and have something to say. She didn't have nothing to say for two whole last weeks. And then to come back it was like Meek Mills. Her and Meek need to be together, right? They should be together. I feel like they they are the perfect couple because both of them are trash on the comeback. Sis, what are you doing? You said all this, like, whatever you whatever was actually happening between you and Remy, you were supposed to already kind of be, be prepared just in case, right? That's like if you get into it with somebody at your school, 
even though you you don't feel like like just in the event they gonna call their cousin and have their cousin show up at the school you supposed to have some some soldiers on standby you supposed to have right you supposed to have something with you you supposed to be traveling with a baseball back you you supposed to be like having your locker lock in your hand just in case you on your way to lunch and somebody roll up on you, you got to swing one real real quick and hit them with the master lock joint. You can't just be out here setting yourself up for retaliation and not be ready to come back with nothing. It was it was trash. And that's so it just really goes back and speaks to what I've been saying. Rap is just same thing. She on the track singing. Sis, what do you say? You can't have somebody, you can't have somebody going off in a disc record and then you coming back like glee. What do you do? Why is it singing on this track? Why do you have four other people on the track? You were supposed to go off on your own solo. You can't bring your brothers. That's like, oh, well, I'm about to go get my cousin. No, this is supposed to be a one-on-one thing. What are you doing going to grab four and five, three, two and three other people? What is what is Drake? And Lil Wayne even doing there. It's one-on-one. What are they doing there? Why are they jumping in like trying to no? Anyway, so R.I.P. Nikki. I look, I've never been a Nikki fan like that. Fight me, it is what it is. I as soon as she came out, I was one of I was in that team like no this is little kim everything she's doing is little kim the colored wigs the titty out the you know over sexiness and doing the most it was all little kim for me and i was just like and honestly even when kim was out i was more of a foxy fan because the the super sexy sexualizedness i wasn't about that like i wanted to hear lyrics foxy was coming with some lyrics now that second album ah. China White, ah, <laughs> no. But when Little Kim and Foxy dropped their shit at the same time, I was like Team Foxy all day because she went off. Like, that was me. So for Nikki to come out and then be basically on the same thing Little Kim was on, it was like I barely liked the predecessor. Ain't no way I'm going to be like, team replacement if i'm gonna go with anybody i'm gonna be about the predecessor because i'm like okay well she the one paid the way she came with the titty out and the crotch down shot with the camel toe draws and the fur coat on like why are you in a swimsuit and a and a first stall what season it where are you right now like are you what's happening why you got a fur on and and no pants (laughs) something you can't be cold at the top and fucking hot at the bottom it just it don't seem right. It uh, it didn't, and I just didn't need all of the vagina in the shot. Like, just ma'am, wait a minute. I get it, you know, dudes like this, but it's a lot happening right now. Like, I should be able to walk past your poster and not be like, Ugh. or go past the poster with my man and try to smush his face. Like, what the you looking at? All right, it is whatever, right? Because I was just like, that's not what rap is supposed to be about. Like, I really wanted more of the lyricists. I'm I. That's who I am when it comes to rap. I want to hear lyrics. I want to hear, you know, I don't necessarily need the titties out. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of whack. The booty popping and the fucking strippers and shit. Like, let's get some lyrics pop. Anyway, anyway. So, um, 
that's my uh you know that's my rap section i i don't know how often i'm gonna do this it you know it really has to be something that um really really sticks out for me before i can address it so i let's just add this let's make this a celebrity life lessons moment the lesson here is don't dish it if you ain't ready when that shit boomerang back nikki look if you if you stay ready you don't have to get ready ain't that it's something like that um ready or not no that ain't um uh ready to die nope that's biggie um but you get what i'm saying like she was supposed to already have her rebuttal on ice ready from the moment she ever said something about remy from the moment that you know she tried to post a like um platform herself as the greatest female rapper and all this shit she was supposed to be waiting for anybody that wanted to come with it she was supposed to be on deck ready i will say this that no no frost um the track the track was hot she get she get props for the track and i think when you're doing a disc record everybody any upcoming rap beefs don't go back and use them old ass tracks don't get me wrong either that shit was hot but it was hot for that time and for that moment so come with a brand new beat that would have already like that would have knocked Nikki out completely. I feel like she wouldn't even had a shot if she, if Remy would have came with a brand new ass track, brand new ass beat. It, she could have named it Sheether because we would have got it, you know, Ether, blah, 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 blah. Or if she would have started it with the Ether, you know, so you got it, you got the connection and then went into a whole other beat. That shit would have been fucking nuts. But to, you know, to grab that old ass beat and then try to it's like nah sis like that's my only um critique of Remy's um uh, Sheether is that I didn't want the old beat no no upcoming beat songs with old ass beats I'm not here for it it's whack that shit is corny but shout out to Nikki for trying you know I think rap beats when they especially when they keep it on wax when they keep it in the studio in the booth that kind of battling, I think that shit is good for rap. I think it's, I think it keeps it energized. It keeps it innovative. It keeps it interesting. As long, as long, as long, as long as it stay in a booth, as long as ain't nobody in the streets fucking killing each other, ain't nobody going to jail, you know, ain't nothing wrong with a little friendly competition, especially coming from women and women really, um, really showcasing they, their skills and really coming with it just like hey we can come with it just like the big boys can come with it we can you know we can bring the lyrics we can bring the analogies and all and the storytelling we can do the same thing and a lot of times do it a hell of a lot better so uh shout out to remy for bringing it shout out to nikki for trying and you know one time for biggie smalls r.i.p um keeping it in the vein of rap shout out to chance the rapper who just recently donated one million dollars to chicago public school system um which you know it's so beautiful to see because especially someone who comes out of the public school system and knowing what was needed and seeing what maybe what he didn't get and what could you know what things he could have gotten that could have enhanced him and made him better going back and saying you know what i'm gonna do this for somebody else i'm a, i'm gonna invest in the kids coming up behind me which 
you know, as black people, we just have a responsibility for that. It, regardless of how you feel, oh, well, white people don't have to do it or other people. So what? Black people, we have a responsibility. We are so many generations behind when it comes to progress. And, you know, we still got a lot, a lot of work to do. So we don't have the luxury of just saying, well, I'm good, so I'm not going to worry about nobody else. No, no, that's not. Imagine if that was Martin Luther King's mindset well i'm good i got enough money i got my i got my little speaking engagement fees so i'm just gonna take my kids and my wife and we're gonna chill over here and we're not gonna be bothered with it no he did he made the ultimate sacrifice for progress and even though it's not necessarily the exact same there's still a lot of similarities so we all have a responsibility to find a way to reinvest into us and a lot of times do it a hell of a lot better. So shout out to Remy for bringing it. Shout out to Nikki for trying, girl, you tried it. And uh, RIP to Biggie Smalls. Staying in the vein of rap, shout out to Chance the Rapper for coming with a million-dollar donation to the Chicago public school system. I think this is, like, so monumental. It's like what you dream rappers would do like with their money instead of seeing them blow it on some stripper bitches in a video. You know what I'm saying? Or on Instagram throwing money at some hoes. Okay, let me that was that was harsh to say, you know. Them 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 hoes trying to make <laughs> but to truly invest and reinvest in children in their community, especially in places where they they came from. It's a beautiful thing. It's too many rappers rapping about how fucked up the hood is and how they had to whip that work and do all this and running from guns and shooting guns and shit to them just completely like, well, I made it out and I'm good. No. Like, when you was living that shit, you talked about how bad it was. Why would you not want to make that place better? Because you left some people behind. Whether They, they may not have been your family, your, your straight-up cousins, brothers, sister. But in the human sense, they're family. In the in the circle of blackness, they are family. And as black people, we have a responsibility to go back to to reinvest in each other. Period. It is what it is. You may be like, well, I no, you don't have that luck. We don't have that luxury. Too many black people have come before us and done so much to make sure that we are where we are. So in order to continue that progress, we have to do the same. We have to you know, continue that fight. We have to take up that um, that torch. We have to continue to build, 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 because we're generations behind. It ain't like, you know, other people. We're talking about three, four hundred years behind the curve. So it's important for us to continue to work and build and and repair what we've lost. So... Black people moment. You got that. Um, so Chance the Rapper went to went back to his Chicago and was like, yo, boom, I'm putting I'm putting this money up to our after school program and arts, which are so important. You know, like I was into the arts, you know, I did a little song, painted, drawed, drew, draw. I said drawed with a E D. <laughs> Clearly the public schools uh failed me, but I'm saying I used to draw. I played the clarinet for a while. Um, and I remember doing this in an after school program and 
not just, you know, the arts are amazing. You know, I am in the arts, but I also think it's important just after school programs in general are vital, especially in low income neighborhoods, especially in urban neighborhoods, especially where there's violence and a lot of opportunity for kids to fall by the wayside straight up. And if I'm going to tell you, I am a after school program kid. I did girls and boys club. Um, and just to be able to leave school and go to the gym and shoot hoop. Like I played basketball, all this stuff really kept me, saved me, saved my life. It's too, it's too easy for kids to leave school with nowhere to go and end up in some drugs, in some bullshit, you know, prostitution. That shit is real. Like if there's no one there, if there's no safe place for kids to go, the amount of trouble and drama they can get into is endless. It's endless. So um, just for him to realize and recognize that this after, the after-school programs, the arts are such a great opportunity for children to see, do, experience more than what they're going through. These kids will have an opportunity to grow way past their neighborhood and not to say that they need to leave it. I'm just saying to, to have the understanding that they can do more. And uh, the shady part is the governor of Illinois, all of a sudden, you know, there's no money. He can't find no money. There's no, you know, this, he can't get the $215 million needed. And then Chance the Rapper was like, oh, well, let me go talk to the governor and see what's good. And let's, I want to talk to him about where the money and funding is for Chicago public school system. CPS. I thought it was child protective services, but you know, <laughs> but all of a sudden now he go to, you know, now all of a sudden the governor finds some money and he like, Oh yeah, well, you know, me and chance, we came to get nah, bro. And I think a lot of this really speaks to the power of people being involved, the power of people speaking out, the power of people saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. You ain't just going to, sit up and be like, oh, it, we ain't got it, and nobody going to ask questions. When when people come out of the woodwork and start putting up money, it really makes people question and start to say, well, what have you been doing? If it took this dude to come out of nowhere and put some money up, what are you doing with the money? And it's like all of a sudden now he done found a little bit of money. He like, we need more, but, uh, you know, I, I – you know what's crazy? I had some money and I put it like in a suitcase and I didn't realize I put it in a suitcase and I just like forgot about it, but I was looking for it, but it was in the same space. I ain't spend it, but I was just like, where is this? You know, and then that, but oh, I found the suitcase. Nah. Too many, too many of these governors and government is on the local level um, and just in general are taking money out of the public schools to do whatever they want with it. And I think this was a great, you know, him putting that money into the school system really called attention to, well, what is the what is the governor doing? How is it that there's this huge deficit and he can't, you know, there's no money to be found. And where is it going? What are you doing? With, what are you doing on a day to day? And why are you in this position if you can't alleviate some of the issues and problems that are happening in the school system? So. Um, shout out to Chance the Rapper. I would love to see this as something that continues to grow and and see more people. I just saw some. It was something like uh, Floyd Mayweather. 
he stayed with a pocket full of money, like a ridiculous amount of money. I would love to see him drop some of them stacks at a public school system or wherever he went to school and see how much work, how much can be done, you know, in the area where he came from. Same thing with Jay-Z. I mean, Jay-Z doing his thing, but, you know, I would love to see him go to the public school, you know, New York public school system, infuse some money there and see what can happen. Because at the end of the day, no matter where you try to put your kids, your kids will always come in touch with the kids that got left behind. Right. So you can put your kid in the best school. You can put your kid in the private school and all this other shit. But guess what? On the days off, on the summers off, they taking their ass around all the other kids you tried to keep them from. And they, they're, they're going to end up marrying them. They're going to end up falling in love with them, making kids with them. So you can't run away from these kids that you feel like, you know, you don't want your child to end up like. They're not going anywhere. So the best thing you could do is find a way to help build and bring those kids up so that, you know, your child is now doesn't have to be out worried about somebody knocking them in the head because they weren't properly educated because they didn't have a after school program where they could learn to play the damn flute or whatever the hell, you know what I'm saying? So, um, shout out to chance the rapper. Um, I want to be like you one day when I grow up, sir. Um, would I bring him out of 2013, 2015 into that era of rappers to talk? No, I wouldn't. I like him. I think he's a great kid, but no. Anyway. <laughs> All right. In other news, Tinder has a secret app, guys. It's a secret Tinder. Now, Tinder is the dating app I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. It's basically where you can find people in your location, in your area to date to go to date. I'm I hope you picking up what I'm putting down. I'm putting it in air quotes people. That mean that's some bullshit. You go on Tinder because you're looking for people to fuck. That's it. Sometimes people want to wait a week. Most most people are trying to do it in the first 24 hours, especially dudes. And how do I know this? Because I've sat down and talked to a lot of them and they are racking up bitches on Tinder like <laughs> like Pokemon cards says. So <laughs> trust and believe all that flowery bullshit they put in their profile is not real life they are on there to get them draws to gtd got the draws i got the draws. remember that episode of mark <laughs> anyway so have i been on tinder yeah i tried tinder i tried it um uh because i was coming out of um match.com which was trash and i was like well and then i tried uh okay cupid and that was like that was like mid-range trash it was just like oh uh, okay you know and then i never try e-harmony because i don't have the patience to fill out that fucking five day long application i'm just not that i shouldn't have to go through that much to go to the movies and go to dinner and maybe a museum with a dude i i don't have the no no, I would rather stand in Home Depot with a miniskirt on trying to lift some lumber. <laughs> I don't have the patience. So no eHarmony. I'm not that pressed. I will be a golden girl before I fill out y'all goddamn application. It's too fucking long, right? So boom. 
And I know people who tried the eHarmony thing and still met trash ass dudes. So, bitch, you just spent a week filling out this application and still got played. Nope, I will be right here on. Um, well, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm off of all those apps. I gave up Tinder. I was on there for a minute, but it's all fake. No shade, cause I know some people who got married through Tinder, and I was like, oh okay. So y'all was fuck buddies. And, no, I'm just playing, playing shade. Uh, anyway. So I'm not on there. Don't go looking for me. If my at, if my profile is up for whatever reason, trust me. If you send me a message, I'm never replying. <laughs> but um, so but Tinder has a side secret Tinder, but it's only for rich and beautiful people. I'm putting that in quotes. Beautiful people. Um, and you have to be invited. So the regular Tinder, anybody can get on there. Hell, if you got a cell phone and some cell service, you can get on Tinder, the regular one. But it's called Tinder Select. Ooh. And it targets elite users. So basically like CEOs, models, and very rich and attractive people. Here's the deal, though. Everybody knows the best sex you're going to get is from poor people. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Every woman knows the dude with that poverty dick is going to blow your whole ass back out because he is trying to lay it down so he can basically give himself some food and a place to live and possibly a car to use, maybe a student loan, maybe somebody to get his album off the ground, play, pay for his SoundCloud, get him some studio time. Everybody knows that. You're not going to get that from this elite. You're not going to get good dick from a CEO. You're not. He doesn't have the time to blow your back out. He got mergers and shit he got to do. He got business trips to go, to go on. He Like his brain... He doesn't have the brain space to think about really giving you good dick. Like, he's sitting up like, mm, okay, so I got this meeting in Germany, and then I got to go on a plane, and then uh, I really need to. Right? His brain, he ain't in it. The, the poverty dude, trust me, he is fucking you for survival. <laughs> the broke chick, she is trying to throw it like she is throwing it for the the longevity of her future she is throwing that ass like she is trying to secure rent for the next six months this shit is like her fucking you in this moment is going to keep food on the table for the next six months so she's got to go off she ain't got time to be laying there and not trying to give you her best no she got shit to do she like look i gotta pay for these books this car note is coming up i don't I, this health insurance is real shit i'm about to fuck the shit out of this dude so i can at least take some of the pressure off of me for like six to eight months while he taking care of everything because i got him straight whipped like a motherfucker right Broke dudes, when they they fucking you to dickmatize you so that whatever they ask for, you sitting there like, yes, whatever you like. <laughs> that dick got you in the room like, arr, arr. <laughs> bark like a dog, arr, a big dog, woof, woof. <laughs> and that's just you pulling money out of your pocket, taking care of whatever they want. Shit, they can come to you with anything. Like, yeah, my grandmama tripping right now. Um, she trying to go to hair school. I would love to pay for your grandmama hair school. <laughs> I 
So, you know, you're going to get what you pay for. I mean, you're going to get what you get on Tinder Select, I think. Yeah, they could be beautiful people, but everybody knows sometimes real, sometimes for all the real beautiful people out there that's going to catch your attitude, sometimes beautiful people are pieces of shit. Let's just be honest. They are. They're beautiful. They don't know how to be compassionate because they're like, I'm so fucking beautiful. People have told me I'm beautiful my entire life. I don't know how to speak to you in a way that's, that shows compassion because I'm beautiful. It's like when a little kid, when a little when people, when little kids hear that they too cute, or, oh my God, he's so cute. Oh, she is so, so cute. Cute, cute, cute. Those kids are assholes. They are. They are fucking assholes because everybody speaks to them. Oh, they can do any. Oh, it's a fucking kid set the house on fire. But did you see the way she struck the match? It was so cute. Right. Those super cute asshole kids become fucking beautiful asshole adults. Right. And it, you know, that kind of shit, they have to get over that with like really fucked up situations happening to them or a fire. One of the things, like they need like a cut on their face. They need something to bring them out of this. You're so beautiful. Either they need to be taken down physically or they have to be taken down emotionally in order to get on a level with everybody else. Right. It just it is. It is what it is. So don't feel bad if you aren't on Tinder Select. I am. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> honestly, I wouldn't want to be on there because there's no way I want some raggedy ass one night terrible dick. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, but one day, guys, one day I'm going to be rich enough to be on there like, I'm too rich. I don't even want to have sex. I'm so rich. Just, <laughs> well, you know what's sexy? Someone cleaning my house. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Um, In San Diego... San Jose, I'm sorry. A California couple has postponed their wedding to search for their missing dog. Wow. You know, I saw this and I was like, now granted, it's just a picture of a dog um, at the header of this article. But reading the headline completely, you know who this is. No shade, but white people, y'all love y'all dogs. And I'm not saying black people don't love their dogs too. Black people, we is black people. They love dogs just as much as white people. But white people, y'all be od with it, like some old. I'm a jump in a freezing ass lake to go save my dog, and I might die. But as long as my dog get to live, and mm, I'm not saying that black people won't do it. It's just I would be very surprised. Like when I read this article. When I read the headline, I would have been absolutely floored if I scrolled down and it was a picture of a black chick hugging her dog. I'd be like, what? First of all, the the statistic of black people getting married already tells me this ain't a black person. Because I'm like, ain't no black person. We barely get married. So I know it. there's not going to be a black person that postponed this fucking comet across the, the night sky. <laughs> It's like, bitch, this is a harvest moon. You can't postpone a harvest moon. There's some shit that happened only once. <laughs> this is a fucking full solar eclipse. You don't postpone a full solar eclipse because you can't find Astro. No, bitch. 
<laughs> but this couple postponed their whole wedding because they needed to find their dog. Now, the reward for the dog is $3,500. They've placed newspaper ads. They've hired a pet detective. Listen, when I tell you, I read all of this without even seeing who it was, and I knew that it was white. I'm sorry, white people, but get your white people. Who does this? A pet detective? How? Who is this pet detective? There are so many ridiculous points in this story. Listen, uh, what is the pet detective going to do? Is he going to go and and find poop outside on the ground and sniff it and taste it and find out if this is their dog's poop? Like, what? It, who is he questioning? <laughs> is this dog... <laughs> Is this detective going to question pigeons in the park? Like, where have you seen them? Right? And the pigeons are like, rrr, rrr. like, I don't, what, who is he talking to? Who is he questioning that these people can't question? Right? Like, what are his tactics? Is he running up on other dogs at the kennel? Like, tell me where Theo, the dog's name is Theo, which I think is a great dog name. I'm here for it. I love dog names that are like regular people names. Like, I would name my dog Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna name my dog Javon. No lie, dead ass. I'm naming my dog Javon. Trust me. If you see me in the park and I'm yelling Javon, it's not. I'm not looking for a kid. I'm looking for my damn dog. <laughs> so the dog's name is Theo. They hired a pet detective. So not only are they spending thirty five hundred to get the dog back, but they're spending however much it's how mu however much it costs to put these ads in the newspaper. And this ads with an S on the end, which means it's plural, which means it's more than one. It's not cheap to put an ad in a newspaper right and they not in like some midwest bullshit ass town they're in san jose i'm sure it's not cheap to put ads in the newspaper in san jose and then they hired a pet detective let me tell you something i don't want to hear about people can't find no job when this motherfucker's out here being pet detectives <laughs> You you can make a job. It's very clear to me that you can make a damn job. If you move around enough white people, you can be a damn pet detective. And I want to know, like, is he fully supporting himself as a pet detective? Or is this just a side job? Like, is he also a manager of an Applebee's but pet detective in on the side? Like, or maybe he's like runs his own fucking online company maybe he came up with some kind of app but then this is just a way for him to stay social by being a pet this is the thing about postponing a wedding first of all you got holding fees you got deposits black people ain't about to be waste listen i'm not trying to make this no black or white thing i'm just saying some shit you just need to call what it is no i'm not losing my deposit on this damn haul to go find this fucking dog. I'm not. And I'm going to say something. And I know it's about to hurt a lot of people's feelings. But I'm just going to say it anyway. That dog is dead. Okay, look. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Dogs know how to get home. Okay? They have a keen sense of smell. This dog can smell his way home. So if you can't find the dog, it's a little bitty dog too. So nine times out of ten, somebody either took the dog and ma and made it their own or somebody ate the dog i'm not trying to be mean i'm just telling you it's people out here who eat dogs it's hungry people it's homeless people 
Listen, if I'm homeless and I ain't got no money, I'd skin a dog. I absolutely, I would eat the fuck out of a dog. You got damn right. Don't let me get a hold of an old bottle of... <laughs> Don't let me. <laughs> I'm sorry. And dogs, they're not, they don't live that long. Okay. I, I know it sounds fucked up. Okay. They don't say how old this dog is. I'm trying to put my most sympathetic voice on. They don't say how old this dog is, but what they do say is that, you know, dogs only have so many years, right? So why are you going to put your life on hold for a dog? The dog been gone since February 13th. Come on. Come on. Since February? First of all, the 13th, 13 is a bad number anyway. So that's already unlucky, right? It's only 28 days in February, which means that, no, I'm just playing. I was about to do something like bullshit, man. <laughs> Sorry. Sis, go get married, okay? Maybe y'all union will make the dog come back. But you can't postpone your life for a dog that has been gone for almost a month. Look, maybe, maybe, just maybe, your dog don't fuck with y'all. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying nine times out of ten, dogs can get home. You could drive states away and drop your dog off your dog will find its way back because they knows it's mad strong and shit so they'll just be like mm, it's this way right so maybe the dog left because he was like i'm over this shit i didn't want him to give this bitch no way he obviously don't care about my feelings so i'm just gonna move out the way because i know they about to have a baby and then all of a sudden now i'm on a back burner and they telling me no and don't get on the couch and don't do all this shit i've been doing all, the whole time we've been together but now they got a motherfucking baby in here and now i ain't shit now i ain't about to be doing that right Oh, now nah, I got to lay outside and shit. Oh, now nah, I can't lay in the bed because the, the the baby got allergies. Nah, I'm not fucking with that shit. That happened to my homeboy. I already know how it goes down. So I'm going to just go ahead and remove myself from the situation and go find me a nice little home somewhere else. I seen a homeless lady three weeks ago. The bitch looked like she was chilling, needed a friend. I can go make friends with her. I'm just saying I'm not putting my whole life on hold for something. It's man's best friend. If he was really your best friend, he wouldn't have left. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, that was just for the people who, um, whatever. Man, look, I'm not paying $3,500 to get a lost dog. You know, you can buy a whole new ass dog. I'm just, anyway, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. I'll just wait for y'all to end up in my inbox and, and messaging me and at me like, I can't believe you would say that. Sorry. All right. <sighs> Finally, reluctantly, Ben Carson. I feel like this is going to be the last conversation I have about Ben Carson. I think I am officially done with Ben Carson. I have nothing else for Ben Carson. I don't want to talk about him again. I don't want to read about him again. I don't want to even know he exists ever again. If in the future Ben Carson comes out and says, yo, I really fucked up. I said a lot of dumb shit to satisfy white people. I don't even want to see the press conference. I don't want to know about it. I don't even care. I don't. I don't care because I don't believe that he has truly learned his lesson and or, you know, it's little too late. Little too late. 
Because, okay, first of all, you know, Ben Carson has a history of being a dickhole. He said that dumb shit, racism didn't exist before Obama. That Obamacare was the worst thing since slavery. And then recently for this bitch to sit up and say that slaves were immigrants and immigrants came here in the bottom of ships. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I, I can't, I can't do nothing else with that. First of all, I look, there are black Republicans. I get it. Everybody ain't going to be a Democrat and they shouldn't be. But what you ain't fist to do is be a Republican spewing that same stupid ass shit that the rest of the Republicans be spewing as a black person. You're not, you cannot sit up there and say Obamacare was the worst shit since slavery, bitch. Are you fuck? Did you not know what, have you not read about slavery? Do you not know what slavery is? Did you not read any other history? Have you not read any slave narratives? Are you fucking serious? So Obamacare is worse than, People being whipped and then salt poured on a wound is worse than that. Okay, so Obamacare is worse than people being uh, broken. Like where they would take the man, tie his foot to a horse and then send the horse in two, the two horses in different directions. That's worse. Obamacare. So, okay, so Obamacare is worse than a woman being raped by a slave master and then having her baby sold off, being forced to take care of the baby and then having a baby be put back into the system of slavery and then just sold off. Or it's not worse than, uh, than being, seeing your family member hung from a tree or having a person hung and then dragged to your side of town so that everybody where you are can see this black person's body and you can't take it down because they'll they'll come and fuck you up if you take the body down. So to be traumatized every day, it's worse than that? Really? Why? So the idea that poor people are getting insurance and, and being able to go to the doctor and people not being denied health care with pre-existing conditions, okay, that's worse than sl mm. Okay. Oh, wow, Ben Carson. I don't know what the fuck you're reading or who the fuck. It's just, it's, you know, this idea that you have to go that hard to be a part of this fucking group is killing me. And the fact that you would even do it is killing me to the point where I'm mad at my mama because she made me read your stupid ass book. She made me read about you, Ben Carson, and and be like, this who you need to model your life after. No, I don't, mama. I don't need to do anything like this stupid ass man. And this old sleepy hollow voice says, goddamn, you know. America is a great land. This is how he sounds. America is the land of opportunity. And people come. Sir, I am a fucking sleep. You're boring as hell and you sound like a dumbass. I can't. I can't with Ben Carson. But then to turn around and say, of all the things, okay, Obama, uh, slave, racism didn't exist before Obama. You know, that's some bullshit to say. It, it it doesn't even make sense if you look at the timeline and history of America. It's just like I'm not even I can't even get involved with that stupid shit, right? But to say that 
slaves were immigrants that, you know, came here on the bottom of a boat? No, you're not. You don't get that. You can say that other shit and I'm just going to look at you like you stupid. But when you say that, now you're disrespectful. Now you're disrespecting what the fuck happened and what people really went through. No, let's be clear. Immigrants are people who decided and made a decision and made a choice and wanted to come here. They wanted to leave their homeland and go to a new place. They wanted to <clears throat> try to be a part of this new nation or this new venture or this new land. Slaves, black people, Africans were in their I'm not going to do it because I did it last episode. We know what slavery is. The slaves were stolen people. They were people who had no, no fucking um, wish to come to this bullshit ass country. They weren't up at night trying to make plans of how they was going to come to America. They wasn't, you know, making deals and shit on how to get a seat at the bottom of this boat. No. And if you've read anything about the Middle Passage, that shit wasn't no motherfucking Carnival Cruise Line, bitch. That wasn't no Royal Caribbean. They wasn't on that boat chilling, playing music, doing karaoke. They wasn't fucking on the, um, they didn't have balconies and shit. They was on a boat for months, laying on their back in piss, shit, throw up, tears, depression, everything. They were raped, beaten all the fucking way there. And then to get on the land, sick, most of them dying, barely alive, and then to come and then be sold and put to work. Bitch, you're not going to say that they were immigrants. And then to say some of them worked for little to nothing. No, bitch, they work for nothing. Don't try to little to nothing. No, motherfucker, they work for nothing. They worked, they got nothing. And this country got everything from them. So don't fucking try to act like it was some special deal made. Don't act like they did all this work and then were paid in some kind of way. Oh, they were, they got adequate housing and no motherfucker. They had adequate housing, bitch, in their homeland where they was motherfucking chilling in the sun was hot as fuck and they was running around and kicking it with lions and motherfucking rhinos and zebras and shit, bitch. Didn't nobody ask to come to this raggedy motherfucker and for you to act like that they made a decision and this is something they wanted to do. Fuck you, Ben Carson. Fuck you for that NyQuil-ass voice. Every time you speak and it puts me to sleep, you boring as hell. You sound like you reading somebody a bedtime story no matter what time of day it is. If I was ever behind the wheel of a car, I would have to turn your voice off because the shit would have me driving off the side of the road because I am fully asleep. And fuck you for that slightly lazy-ass glare you got. It's like your eyeballs never fully fucking open. It's like I'm sitting up there watching you. You got the heavy-ass eyelids like you need some fucking water or something in your damn diet. And Fuck you for them oversized suits. Why the fuck you can't never get a suit that fit? Why do it always look like you went into your uncle or your big brother's closet and stole a suit out of there? Why do your sleeves hang all the way down on your arm and all you can see is the tip of your thumb and like the last four fingers, but you can never see your actual wrist? Fuck you for that, Ben Carson. Fuck you for being a horrible example of black excellence, okay? 
fuck you for separating them kids and then having people look at you and think that you're some great, you know, role model and people that they should model their life after when as in actuality you are a piece of shit and nobody should follow in the footsteps of nothing you've done. And I doubt very highly that your stupid ass actually even separated them twins. I think that somebody else did it. You killed them, stepped in, put on the fucking uh, surgery robe, put the mask on your face and then tried to act like it was you because obviously you are brain dead as fuck and finally fuck you ben carson for getting my blood pressure up and getting me worked up every time i see your name because i know you about to say some dumb shit and guess what you never fucking let me down all right so that's it guys i'm done i can't do nothing else y'all that concludes black ass podcast thank y'all so much for listening thank y'all so much for hanging out uh, i will spend the rest of the week tweeting fuck yous to ben carson so if you feel it in your spirit just join me join me okay um if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast you can go to you can find black ass podcast on itunes stitcher soundcloud tune in and everywhere else where you get your podcast also we're on the laughable app so if you haven't already you can download the app, laughable app and find not only the podcast but you can find me and all the fun stuff that i'm doing um and follow the podcast on twitter Facebook, Instagram, and Google+. I don't know who's still on Google+. Plus. It's still up and running. I still go back and post shit, and I'll be like, who's here? Nobody's really there. But if you are somebody that's on Google+, Plus, then, hey, come on. Come on over, guys. Um, and, of course, the Instagram. Um, thanks to everybody that's already following on Instagram. Um, we still, it's building. It's building. The first 200 people, I'll be following them back right out the gate. Actually, Let's do five. The first 500 people that follow me on Instagram, I will follow back first 500. So please come over to Instagram and let's get them numbers up just across the board. Want to get the numbers up. Finally, you can follow me. HRcomedy.com. You can find all of my social media and you can find my upcoming show dates under the schedule um, on the schedule page. All right. I'm out, man. Y'all have a great weekend. Peace.